0: I'm not gonna Late when I flipped the page talk with Brody about the pain Know it's been some days Going through it, never break Insight came from experience And many splits in the crib Trying to get a grip Lessons was a testament Let the blessings in, Brody coldly checking in Ties hurt me so I severed them uh, Many moments I just Cherished them, uh, can't forget Shit like the elephant uh, And when the temperature dropped I had to get to the quad watching the you in the glass house throwing rocks, you should stop Uh, heard the news and I wasn't shocked, planting seeds and reap the crops in the spot, high dub. these niggas ain't nothing like us, Uh, front like you feel it, Uh, strong mind strong body, calm spirit ancestors talk to me and I listen, really on a mission, fuck the judge and the jurisdiction, empty the prisons, empty clips whatever you're written, the God gifted, time ticking, distance, thousand miles away, you probably missed it, you probably did it for the metrics, you probably switching, trying copy wisdom, tripping, need to feel like it was copyrighted, malignant lines, getting lines, where it's mine on a dime, what you find, what's the prize, uh, message under lie, every rhyme, uh, blessings in the sky all the time, uh, getting lines, where it's mine on a dime. All right, finally back uh, to normal. I guess the last episode that we did
1: was the uh, 50 greatest wrestlers of the um, 2010s, and uh, we are here back to normal. I guess we're gonna do a little bit of a uh, kind of a catch-up for the year so far, 2021, and. Uh, to commemorate the my current 2021 Wrestler of the Year this week, Quentin, we are Honest Abe. Uh, Quentin, how are you doing today?
2: Um, I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about this. Um, as you can see, uh, me and Timothy are both really big fans of the, of the Lincoln Project, and yes. you know, just you know, ready to just <laughs> talk about talk about <laughs> talk about January, and I guess like a little I guess a little bit of February so far in wrestling.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I wanted to start out cause we are fresh off the heels of new Japan, um, doing the, the sec- I guess the second and third new beginning of the year, uh, day one and day two in, uh, Hiroshima, um, Hiroshima. I don't fucking know. We got, we got just completely skewered by, uh, soccer Evan for our uh, pronunciation of, Hiroshima um you know both of us have just always said it that way even though I think I think we both kind of know it's wrong um
2: no one no but, one knows <laughs> right that's that, true that, I mean that's always that's always the thing with like when you're saying like you know like even like Hiroshima or uh Hiroshima or whatever you want to say is that it's always been like that that's always been this kind of divisive thing on who's saying it the right way so Right. like at this point like I, don't, like I don't know what I don't I don't know exactly what to do here sure
1: i mean in linguistics right it's like kind of acceptable that you can pronounce things a bunch of different ways um but either way did you watch any of the new beginning in nagoya from uh from last week or so that had a uh, okan versus tanzan
2: yeah uh, yeah out of, out of all three of the new beginning shows that's the one i wound up watching the most of
1: out of all of the three the, and you know the stuff that I've watched it was like felt like clearly the best one and it's weird to say that with uh well with Osprey on it um, you know but uh but yeah I mean the the Empire is that what they're called? the, the United yeah, the Empire,
2: Empire. Or, well, I, think, I think I think just Empire
1: Empire I think they added something to it actually I think they're like the United Empire or something like that um or maybe yeah, the United Empire is the new uh, uh the
2: uh, the League of the League the, of Nations
1: the UE I guess for the for referencing the EU um, that they've that Ospreys country has left or is leaving or whatever um, but yeah I mean that was pretty good I'm not gonna lie the top three matches at least were decent yeah Oh, okay um, um, 10,
2: yeah. I was gonna say like do you um... I think I said it, I, I, I I thought this way. I thought that he I thought he looked impressive in the Tanahashi match at Wrestle Kingdom, but yeah, Okan Okan's good man. Yeah, like I think that everyone is still kind of like you know because Ospreys the one that's front and center. Ospreys the one that like has has a good chance of winning the Japan Cup and all the kind of stuff, right? So it feels like people are missing like. Hey, don't skip over how hard Ocon's getting pushed over here in the background.
1: Right. And I said it somewhat as a joke and then somewhat as, like, wishful thinking. The idea that uh, Osprey's kind of possible, you know, IWGP run or top guy spot might end up getting usurped by Ocon ended up taking that position. But in some ways, I don't think that that, that I'm, like, 100% joking about that. Like, I do think that there's a chance that Ocon puts it together faster than maybe they predict. And we end up in a situation where if they do split the, the IC title, kind of teasing that out about where we're going a little bit later, um, if they do split the IC title off, I could see Osprey ending up in a IC championship level place and O'Conn being the one who ends up going um, for the title, especially for the heavyweight title or the you know, IWGP heavyweight title, because... If you do Osprey winning the New Japan Cup, I mean, when does the New Japan Cup winner win the title? I guess last year was one of the few times that it's happened, but realistically that's not, like, super common that the New Japan Cup winner ends up winning the title, so you can see Ospreay getting a, a a shot at the title early and losing, and then maybe they never get back around to it by the time that Ocon's ready and they feel like he's a guy that they could put the title on, so I could definitely see Osprey's spot kind of getting skipped here, because okan is much better for them overall for business i mean he's bigger he's got the olympic background he is actually japanese like in a lot of ways he could be a bigger star for them in the long run than anybody else that they got going on right now um as a guy to look for as like a future star Mm. so i wouldn't wouldn't be shocked i mean you got jay white obviously they're behind him but but again another guy who's he's, he's a foreigner he's not japanese he doesn't he's not as big and he doesn't have that Legitimate shoot background is in the same way that we're. Oh, well,
2: like, well, Jay White's pretty big. I think he's. Big. I think he's, I, I, haven't, we haven't, I don't think we've seen them in the ring together in a long time. Sure. obviously but I'm pretty sure Jay White's bigger than Okan.
1: I don't know. Okan's a big guy, isn't he? I, I could have sworn he's a pretty big. Pretty. He's been. I mean, he's tall and like. I think yeah, but, he uh, wrestled like yeah, in like heavyweights. Isn't
2: Isn't Jay White like? He's not even like as far as like even height wise. Like Jay White is not significantly smaller than Okada. And That's true. obviously, and obviously, we see like, like Jay White's rip, Only one that even like has like a, like has a physique like close to Jay is like, you know, like 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 like, Tan- like Tanahashi or something.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I still I, I think that maybe it's just me and the projection and the way that he comes across. But oh, to me, Okan comes across bigger. Also, mm-hmm. for sure. So for we'll sure. we'll see we'll see where they where it goes. But yeah, I could definitely see how well he's doing. The charisma is there. Um, I did, you know, I tweeted it out, but a little shout out to uh, to Adam and Mike's Big Audio Nightmare for calling out, I mean, even directly, they even said, like, Dave is kind of the face of this. Dave Meltzer is the face of, like, the people who are questioning Okan still at this point, and it's, I'm sorry, but those people come across like they're completely out to lunch. Like, it's, you're you're just so wrong. <laughs> like, we've got, of course, you've got the co-opted voices of wrestling types, and you know what I mean? Like, the the hardcore in Japan stands who are, into him, But, like, me and you are saying it, too. Like, a lot of people, I think, are noticing, like, he's fucking good. Like, you shouldn't really be digging your heels in and saying that he's not.
2: And, and, not, and not even, like, a just that he's good thing. It's, it's again, even, like, when J, when Jay came back. It's, like, everyone was telling you. It's, like, we were telling you from the time that when Jay came back, like, he's going to be very important immediately. And it's the same thing with Okan. You think that this guy, like, granted, his, you could say his young lion run was shaky. And he's, you know, was taking him some time to get to, like, you know, adjust to wrestling. But like, look at the cosigns that he has. You think that New Japan would suddenly give up on that guy? Like, I think I think people just kind of for, like kind of forgot that because he come because he comes in and he's like doing what you know is kind of a it a goofy, outdated gimmick. But it's like this it is the same same guy, like straight up handpicked cosigned by Kidani. This is just, this is a guy that was. Training under a you know, getting a lot of his training or cosigns from Yuji Nagata. Like, this is a guy that, even if his Young Lion run left more to be desired, this is someone that they are behind long term for sure.
1: Well, and I think that another thing to not overlook as you talk about that, his Young Lion run can be shaky or whatever, but don't forget that this guy was signed expressly with the idea that they were sponsoring him as he was training for the Olympics his young lion run was not just a purely young lion wrestling run like other wrestlers he was a a prospect that they were putting a lot of money into and resources into the idea that he would you know possibly do well in the olympics and so they've invested a lot of time and money into this guy they expect something and it's not as if he's not delivering so it's like it's kind of like well yeah on top of everything like they're pretty much pot committed like they've put in they've put in the work they put in the hours you can say it seems like his, his, uh, his young lion run wasn't like you know that thorough and that like kind of a big deal or like uh, didn't you didn't see as much of it and the goofy gimmick and all that. But that is because a lot of his time as a young lion was focused on that. It was less focused on young lion, you know, having a bunch of wrestling matches and more focused on Olympic trials and actually trying to make the Olympic wrestling team. So, like, it's a totally different, like you know ke- i guess kettle of fish as they say than most young lions because they had a different the the closest thing you could compare them to is like a nakanishi or something like a guy who like what they were really looking for or even something like um like Nagata when they sent him to mma kind of thing like when when they put you in that like kind of role of being like a legitimate outside sports star kind of guy they're gonna treat you even differently in the context of New Japan because, like, they're looking at you as, like, a bigger investment and a bigger star because you're supposed to be bringing eyeballs from outside. You're not just a wrestling guy, which, like, people forget because we do – because, you know, especially Western wrestling, so many of these companies do a terrible job with that kind of stuff. You forget that, like, that's actually something that still works in New Japan, something like – even just recently toge makabe being like popular on japanese tv you look at like the history of of soap opera stars in lucha libre like in other countries you can actually still get mainstream attention from guys doing outside of wrestling stuff that will actually like mean something to your product so yeah okan is like a guy that they're actually invested in because they see that he can bring possibly outside wrestling eyeballs on top of being good in ring and on top of showing, like, a lot of promise charisma-wise. So, for me, even the Tenzan match, like, I, I definitely get if you're, like, work rate, go, 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 that's all you care about, guy, sure, like, whatever, but it was still, like, nuts and bolts, a good match. It went, like, nearly 15 minutes with the guy is broken down as Tenzan, and to me, it was mm-hmm. and, never really boring.
2: And, and, you, and you gotta keep on like, you know, like, you know, like, for us, yeah, we look at Tenzan, it's like, uh willing out Tenzan out here for a a match like this and you kind of roll your eyes and groan, but you can't act like Tenzan isn't a big scalp. And I think that that's like a lot of things that we forget is that like when we are looking at the booking of the company, look at what Okan has been looked like since he's come back. And now obviously he's going to go on to have a match with Tanahashi for the Never Title, but he's come back and has gotten a scalp from Tenzan. This guy is clearly being positioned in an extremely favorable favorable way and like and like you just pointed out even with someone that you could that is as broken down as Senzon, like that was a still entertaining fun match to watch like what is what is it as good if i'm looking at am looking at it from a pure wrestling standpoint like as like osprey kojima probably not but i would say okan looked as good as look, looked as good in his match as osprey looked against kojima
1: yeah, well, that's for sure. I mean, the the Osprey Kojima match was a little bit more 50-50 when it came to output-wise, right? Like, who was looking good and who was actually, like, in in the match, let's say. But, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue to say that Ocon looked just as, just as poised to be a next star. And there's rumors going around that the Never title is going to be elevated to, like, one of the top-drawing titles. Obviously, even on the, the Nagoya show, we talked about it. I mean, it's main-eventing the show, and it's going on the ace, like – so, there is something to that being elevated.
2: You know, like, now, honestly, here's where it gets weird, though, because, um, you know, spoilers if, if, if you haven't caught up on the uh, New Beginning and uh, Hiroshima shows, even though they're fucking dog shit, right? But, yeah. like, like, but Naito came out in the Challenge of Bushi specifically for their kind of title. So, it looks like we're getting the split back. So... I'm not sure how much of a focus the Never title will be, if the if the split is back. Obviously, the obviously the Never, even in the days of the split, still got the headline some shows, but with the split being back, because as I'm if I, if I'm expecting Naito to beat Ibushi and not lose to him a second time, like that does that does make a difference there, and you know that might that might make me view Tanahashi as a guy that's being used to get Okan over because. Do I think Okan's going to lose the Tanahashi a second time in a row? I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. So that's the one. That's the one thing that make that makes me think like, yeah, the Never could be could be back in a position to uh to be a major title again. But I don't also I also don't think Okan's going to lose him a second time.
1: Yeah, I mean that is one thing that makes me wonder because it is like okay maybe plans have changed somewhat about what's going on with the Never title. Maybe you put the title on Okan and. Give him a little bit of breathing room without expecting that he's going to just be a top a guy who can you know draw on in the main event to give him a little bit of time to grow before you put him in that position because yeah i mean that, why do, you don't put him in this match just to
2: lose that being said like looking at new japan like booking history like oh if anything okan gets like one defense in before dropping it before dropping it right so like theoretically it could, it could go back to tanahashi We I mean, know and we know that they like to pair guys off for like trilogies during the year so if he beat tanahashi and whatever their next encounter is and then law and then drop the belt to him again like that would make that would make sense from the way they usually book but i think i think if we're looking at it just like from a uh from how they usually book perspective if anything i think it, it'd be like either okan doesn't loses it loses in his first defense or he'll have one successful defense then drop to the tanahashi
1: right yeah, and then we can get back to Tanahashi kind of running with that title there. Um otherwise I mean the the Osprey Kojima match, I don't know how much you really want to talk about it, but feel free to if you have anything you want to say about it.
2: Uh nothing really but you know again, Osprey giving a pretty really going a pretty big clean win, going getting getting closer to New Japan Cup and uh this is what, like I, I left this show in the main event you know Shingo versus Tanahashi, excellent match. Uh, really, just Shingo continues to deliver and has been the best guy in New Japan for the last going on three years. Um, and the ending of that the ending of that match with Tanahashi beating him and then, Shin, and then him and Shingo um, having like a little having that like little moment at the end. I don't know. Like to me, that was like Shingo is clearly. Like he he might be moving on to bigger and better things, and I left the I left that show thinking that we could see a Will Ospreay versus Shingo New Japan Cup final.
1: That would be I mean you got the history right you play off of their uh, best of the Super Juniors final now they're both heavyweights you move no
2: they're 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 they're, t- they're tied up uh yeah. the you know Shingo beat him in the G one last year and here we are like Shingo just came off of this uh, off of the throne with the never title feuding with Goto. Uh, monaru suzuki the uh, big win the big win over jeff Cobb at wrestle kingdom and now will osprey is you know back you know back and having momentum on the side i'm i'll, I'll lock in the uh, that's my new japan cup final production will osprey versus shingo takagi
1: yeah i mean and then where you go from there to uh to moving forward you obviously look it would look like osprey abushi and
2: i mean i, I, Sh- but I wouldn't even, i wouldn't even be so sure on that like i could right. see shingo versus abushi
1: Right, I mean, uh, well, that's what I was going to say. We go Osprey Abushi, go Osprey Naito if he's got the IC title, and then Shingo, because, I mean, if Naito's got the IC title, it makes more sense that, to have Shingo that, going after Ibushi.
2: That's what I, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. so, as, so as, like, this, like, cha- completely changed my mind when, when, like, when we got to the be- new beginning of Hiroshima, is that if Naito was the IC title back, then I would think that Will Osprey versus Naito, is probably next on the, do- next on the docket, because, again, who's the only person, only the only major name in New Japan right now that Will Osprey hasn't had a feud with yet? Or, haven't, or, hasn't, or hasn't had some kind of match with yet? It's Naito. He's the only person. He's had his Okada stuff. He had his Tanahashi G1 win. He's had his Ibushi stuff. This is the only, the last person that Osprey really hasn't dealt with yet.
1: Yeah, and Osprey, or I was going to say, and Naito needs a, a new person to try to kill himself with, you know? So... Maybe yeah. the perfect guy, Osprey and Naito going nutty with each other, just like taking insane bumps on their head and neck, would be, could be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I would not be surprised if we go that way, and then maybe kind of the stuff I was talking about with Okan, where we end up with Osprey in the IC title. Um, I, I wouldn't be, I would not be shocked about that. Like I said, I don't necessarily know. I mean, I I think that they have Osprey pegged for eventually being that top guy, but I also could see Osprey never getting the IWGP title, but I could see him having a, a, a decent IC run. I would not be shocked if that happens. You know what I mean? Um, right. Gotta think about the U.S. title, right? Because there is th- the theoretical idea that the U.S. title could become a thing oh, again. Oh,
2: yeah. In, in yeah, and that's, I mean, that's probably going to come back to Japan. Yeah.
1: But it could also end up being primarily used on New Japan Strong, which I don't know if you've been watching any of that. Um, but there has been some intriguing and, and good wrestling on there, especially with you know team filthy showing up in another place you've got team filthy and new japan strong and you've got teases of a lot of different guys possibly you know ending up in new japan in japan off of new japan strong eventually at some i
2: mean, point. I, mean I, I, I mean shit like you can't discount fucking kenta showing up on AEW.
1: <laughs> right exactly so we've got kenta he could win the u.s title he could end up because he's been on new japan strong pretty regularly obviously because he's living in america so that title could still stay in the United States, which is a weird thing to think about. Like, they could be doing this, Kenta wins the title for Moxley, and everyone thinks it's because they want to get the title back to Japan, but they might just want to get the title back on, on you know, just to be focused on New Japan Strong, Yeah,
2: just someone that can defend the title.
1: Right, exactly. Just someone who can actually, you know, defend the title on the TV show more regularly and possibly even start to build up to someone else. I mean, Dickinson just showed up, and he looked good. I mean, I'm not going to lie, like... Dickinson showed up on New Japan Strong. He looked good. The promo works. I think that you could make something out of him showing up in New Japan. I mean, especially right now. Like, I'm sorry, but, you know, a couple years ago that it would sound crazy to say, like, but at this point with the roster that New Japan even has in Japan, like, Dickinson would not be in the bottom half of wrestlers, realistically. I mean, there's guys who get fucking pushes and title matches that aren't as good as Chris Dickinson right now in New Japan, you know, which is, I mean... Kind of crazy, but it's the truth. And, and you know, me and you are both not Dickinson haters, but, I mean, I'm not, like, one of these people who talks about him like he's one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet. I think he's good, he's limited, he's got his issues, but I think that he's good enough. But, yeah, I mean, shit, that, he could easily fit in on on a New Japan show. Either of the fucking shows that, you know, we just watched here. Like, he could have a match as good as <laughs> Sonata is the one that stands in my mind. Like, I'd rather see like Ibushi versus Dickinson before I'd rather see Ibushi versus Sonata if I'm perfectly honest.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're, you're not you're not wrong there. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on the uh, uh Hiroshima stuff. Like I only watched uh Horomu versus Show from either from either from either of these, as you know, we touched the both of these shows are fucking terrible. So yeah. Hiromu versus show, it was good. Um yeah. I liked I I I liked most of it but by the end was, I, I, by the, but by the end I would say like the last 10 minutes it kind of, it kind of lost me I'm not, not going to lie to you
1: yeah it was too long but I will say that Hiromu did a, a really phenomenal job in a main event position as the junior champion taking someone who's not I think Show is popular but I don't think he's seen it all as a top guy and I think really delivering in a way to make it feel like a it was a viable main event I think unfortunately yeah.
2: go ahead I was going to say, and making it feel like it was a big moment for a show. Like, you saw... We don't get... We don't really see Hiromu in control. Like, that just hasn't been what his career has been so far in New Japan. So, seeing Hiromu in a position where he's the one leading a match, where he's the one that is, like, tasked with making somebody like, look viable and look good, Hiromu did enough to change his approach that it, you really did start to buy in the show at a lot of points.
1: Yeah. And I think that Hiromu... A, a... Especially, this is promising. Like, this is a, as you said, for for him getting to really kind of be the veteran, be the leader of the match, be the champion, be main eventing. I know that he's popular. I I completely understand that. I think that sometimes I like fast. I like kind of vacillate between thinking that people are crazy for saying like he could move up to heavyweight because of how popular he is, and then I see stuff like this and I go like, no, I think actually he probably is. It's probably not crazy to have him main eventing a a, a show like this. Um, actually, as like the top draw. Because he really can deliver, but the, another part of it that's promising is like he he structured the match really well. Like c- compared to talking about it, like I, you know I, I mentioned Sonata and in, in Ibushi, and it's fucking dog shit. And part of the reason why it's dog shit is is the house style, the New Japan fucking you know sequences and the and the and the and the, the dancing around, and you see the stuff with Jay White getting like you know laughed at online from from gifts and stuff. But the like the fucking choreographed, um, finisher reversal sequences, like Hiromu, his stuff doesn't look like that. <laughs> like, and that's the good thing. Like if he's putting this match together, like there are definitely reversals and big counter sequences like that, that get the crowd into it, but it does not look like the over choreographed dancing stuff. I and mean, you have to give him credit because that, that's not to say that that's like never been hiromu's style because he's done stuff like that. But obviously, he's smart enough to see now that like it's overdone, and he's doing something at least slightly different. He's tweaking it to where it feels different. I mean, realistically, out of the three nights, this was the best main event. Or actually, I'm sorry because I'm not even thinking Tanahashi and, and Shingo. Obviously, was the best one. Um, but out of the two nights, this was like the best match on the the yeah. two nights in uh, Hiroshima. Because it felt different, because it stood out, it felt important, there was good selling, and it didn't just feel like a bunch of the same New Japan House-style choreographed dancing stuff.
2: For sure, and I think that, again, like, Hiromu's always kind of had that gritty side to his style, honestly. Even going back to, like, the most, I guess, uh, contrived or convoluted spots in, like, the Dragon Lee and, like, Will Osprey matches... I always thought that Hiromu had a certain grittiness to his matches that I feel like definitely, I, I feel like always got kind of overlooked. That yeah, he does this style he does a whole bunch of wacky, nutty shit, and like a lot of his matches can be boiled down to calling them spot fest, But it doesn't. It's not. In, it's not like Will Osprey versus uh, versus Shane Strickland. It's uh, there's actually there's a lot of grittiness and meanness in, the, in these matches too, and I think that perfectly applies when putting him in a minimum event spot
1: yeah definitely and the way that even just the way that he's like the struggle between these two guys when it comes to like muscling each other up and moving each other around like so much of the stuff that makes the other shit look so fucking fake and so choreographed is like that they all just fly around for each other and they all move around in ways that just look so smooth and so easy and like even just Hiromu having a muscle show up onto his shoulders to go for like that the weird like side time bomb thing that he does like doing stuff like that where it's like it looks like you said gritty it looks real and it does make me think like you kind of see the guy that he looked up to and a guy that that Hiromu thought of as a mentor on NXT TV right now having these like really gritty tough hard-hitting fight style matches with guys like Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne where it's like oh yeah like Hiromu gets a little bit of that from from Prince Devitt like Hiromu looked up to Prince Devitt and Prince Devitt's a pretty boy and does high-flying spots but he also liked to get in there and do some hard nose stuff that looked like like gritty and like a fight so you know it's like he's definitely got the same thing he come, he's cut from that similar cloth where it doesn't doesn't make everything look super pretty you know um right but one thing i did want to say and it was why i wanted to start out even talking about this is i didn't really think about it but or i hadn't really thought about it because i know i've been a wrestling fan for a long fucking time you've been a wrestling fan for a long time too at this point you're getting you're getting older Quentin you're still you're not uh, you're not the young boy that you were before you're still you know obviously very <laughs> young but but uh, but the thing is is that there's so many of these fans that, that I see who this modern New Japan you know kind of the Okada era even a little bit maybe of the Tanahashi era fans like are so new they're so new to wrestling they're so new to Japanese wrestling and some of them are so bought in to this as like the first thing that they've really gotten into that they're not willing to accept that the the show is kind of over like new japan is not what it was five years ago six years ago even three years ago it's just not at that level i talked about the quality of the roster and how someone like chris dickinson could show up here and and probably be better than you know the bottom half of the roster pretty much instantly especially right now in the pandemic but in general um and those people are so bought in and they're they're digging their heels in and they're refusing to just accept it. And it just makes me think, like, when you're a new fan and you're just starting to get into wrestling and kind of what you've grown to love and, and what you know feels like the only thing. But it's like when you've been watching wrestling as long as I have, you know that these things come and go. I mean, for me, it's like I can look at it and I like... I, When I started watching wrestling, it was like Jim Crockett promotions, NWA, WCW, like the early, early stuff, Um, before it was even WCW, into it becoming WCW, and I watched that turn into the end of WCW being fucking shit. You know what I mean? I I remember even at that time, because at that time I was pretty into it, and I remember kind of being like, oh, that Attitude Era WWF stuff is garbage. You know, I don't really like that. I remember liking Bret Hart and liking some of the New Generation stuff but for the most part i was like ah eh, those guys just kind of do a bunch of like bad jokes and cuss they're not really very good you know and then it was kind of like over time i realized oh they are pretty good and then i got into like ecw and you know so it's just like i realized like oh like really early on i was like i didn't really dig my heels in and go like okay this thing that i've li- i've liked for so long can only be like this I was able to accept it, but I feel like now, especially with, like, online, and you feel like you've made your identity be that you're this New Japan fan, these people refuse to accept that New Japan isn't good anymore, or, you know what I mean, it's not as good as it was, and, like, that's okay, you can find something else, and you can look for something else, me and you had to deal with it with, like, the UK wrestling fucking going to shit, like, you,
2: the stuff just dies, you have to move on. Dragon Gates, you let me have to go to Atlantic, like... You know, like yeah. that's like the natural like cycle of wrestling. Like, okay, I'll say this right. Is that I feel like when people talk about New Japan and people are talking about it, like you know, this being the end of the peak, right? And Sure, I think that the peak definitely ended. Um, I would say I would say for sure the peak ended uh, after 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 the after the second iteration of the uh, Tanahashi Okada series, right? And after and, and once we, well. And once we get get there. But I feel like while while being so adamant in the fact that the peak is over, the peak is over, I feel like how good New Japan still is, then gets kind of overlooked, right? Because then you still look at, like, Wrestle Kingdom. And Wrestle Kingdom, compared to other years looks like it was just on paper just not as good and I, I understand like everything here is subjective, right so like if i like okada versus osprey and a lot i know i know some people didn't i know some people didn't like Abushi versus jay white i know some people didn't like Abushi versus naito but like if i still look at this like i still really liked okada versus osprey i still really liked naito versus Abushi. i still really like I still really liked Shingo versus Cobb, and Ibushi versus Jay White. I l- I really liked all of these matches still, and I think that going so hard to be like New Japan's done, New Japan's done, New Japan's done, and then like feels like going out of the way to like dismiss the fact that okay, cool, the peak is over, but you know what? Like New Japan still is at worst like the number three promotion in the world behind like maybe like DDT and AEW. Or maybe four, if you want to, if you want to count like, if you, you want to say Dragon Gate, um, is 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 somewhere in the mix, right? Like, like other than like New Japan is still producing at a pretty good level, like so. I th- so I think for me, when I hear when I hear that and I acknowledge it, like yeah, the peak is over, cool, but then it feels like going out of the way to dismiss that New Japan is still good, and yeah, you might not be the biggest fan of seeing people like Will Ospreay and Sonata get pushed of course like that's very that's very fair but then all right like look at shingo look at look at everything that shingo has done you know in, in the in the time that he's been in he's been in new japan and realistically shingo's ceiling is unlimited shingo could go even higher and higher and i don't i don't know when i see new japan i still see a company that despite everything that's going on despite some of the things i don't like like sonata probably you know might win OG, might might win og1 soon or him and or him and main event spots and shit like that for all the things that i don't like there's there's still a bunch that goes on that's really enjoyable and i think that that gets lost in people trying to point out so much that the peak is over the peak is over it's like okay yeah we get it doesn't mean it's a bad company now
1: yeah, I mean that's definitely fair, and uh, maybe I was a little bit harsh in in the words that that I chose to oh,
2: use. Oh, there. oh, 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 oh not even that wasn't even, like directed towards you, really. Yeah, it's yeah. like, like obviously, like I like I come across come across that in the Slack, I come across that like it on Twitter, and I, and I think that's to me, it's like okay, yeah, the peak is over, cool. Like, you know, like if you're trying to tell me that this is a bad company now, then I would just think that you're being like a little too extreme on it. And I don't, I don't, you don't think you don't think it's a bad company, but to yeah. me, I look at. I look at Okada versus Osprey, Naito versus Ibushi, Shingo versus Jeff Cobb, Ibushi versus Jay White, um, Shingo versus Tanahashi. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Realistically, like though, like those like those are like that's still three of the best matches of the year to me so far. Right. In in in, in, in in that group.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's even just saying this year. If you even just look back to last year, which is probably going to end up being the toughest year that that we have to deal with when it comes to you know. Covid wrestling and everything, you still have all of the stuff with like uh, uh, Minoru Suzuki. There's a ton of really good stuff to like there. There's a ton of really good chingos. Okada
2: Oka- 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 versus Naito was still was still my match of the year from right. beginning of from beginning of the year, all the way to the end. And there's shit like fucking Osprey versus Hiromu. again. The vice if you don't like Will Osprey, but Osprey and Hiromu was like like you know blew blew everyone away too. No. So I, I think that like they're like. Has to be, and I get it. You know, it's social media, and everything's like super reactionary. So to me, I just wish that there would be some kind of middle ground in the way that we talk about New Japan, because yeah, the peak is over, but we're talking about uh like a like a time period of New Japan that's been going on for so long now, going back to twenty eleven. Which I yeah. think that like you know, like that's been like a that's been like you know this really good period of them, and yeah, like you can say that there's been some kind of decline. But it's not something as drastic as WCW, like you pointed out. This is still a functional, good company. You may not like who they push, who they push sometimes, but when you look down the roster, when you look at the matches, when you look at the tur- when you look at the tournaments, this is still a functional, good company. And I think that, like, for me, it feels like that just doesn't get acknowledged most of the time.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean that that's definitely true and i do think that there is there is definitely you're right and you know i kind of looked at it on one side and not the other and and there is some hyperbole and there's some hardening and there is some there is some of that nature where it's like you you weirdly like build your your opinion based around your kind of your brand of what it is that which side of this divide you're on and i think that there used to be used to be able to accept it and just go through it and and kind of move forward except like saying like yeah like new japan's peak is over i don't think that you can argue that no matter how you cut it that new japan is the best wrestling company in the world right now but there's some people that like they dig their heels in and that they're they're not willing to accept that and they're not willing to to admit it and it's not as bad but it does feel like the same kind of living in an alternate reality as the people who like still stand wwe and try to claim like they're the best wrestling company in the world and it's like I can almost give them a little bit more of a nod if their argument comes, like, down eventually. They can, like, point to business and say, oh, well, they make the most money and they're the biggest, so they're the best. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have that with New Japan technically, so it's, like, really hard to even just, like, rest on something like that. So it's like, when you mix everything together, like, <sighs> there is there is plenty to like. There is still, you know, plenty of, of good wrestling there. And like I, like I mentioned, I mean, New Japan's strong has been solid like for 2021 new japan strong has been a worthwhile watch they've got a lot of really good young wrestlers they've got more established veteran types they've got like a good mix there they're doing basic easy storytelling it's digestible hour-long television like it's definitely a really nice paired back product so it does show that this big company that can do these big shows also can do basic wrestling so it is kind of like okay, like the the bones are there, and I think that just to accept that like they're not the best company in the world, their booking is not the best right now, their wrestling is not the best right now, and like kind of just accept that, and you can appreciate the high the high spots and the, and the stuff that's good, but don't try to say that everything's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's a oh, lot. Yeah. Oh, of, yeah. oh, of trash. oh yeah,
2: of course. Like I said, like even like the most ardent New Japan fans, like there's divide between like you know people like people like Sonata is so divisive almost universally people are like yeah that evil that evil thing was fucking stupid and it shouldn't have happened well osprey you know you know despite like his in his in ring his in ring prowess like a lot of people are just like "Eh, yeah i don't feel comfortable comfortable watching the guy like even among diehard new japan fans there is a lot there is a lot of this so I, i don't i don't know i don't know how you like reconcile like i don't like who they push sometimes and you know this doesn't feel as special because you know you have someone like a Tanahashi winding down, but to me, like when you say that, the, yeah, they're not the best company in the world anymore. But I also don't think it's impossible for them to also be that at some be that again at some point. Oh, like no. yeah, like 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 I look at the talent there and it's like, okay, this this is still Kota Ibushi, this is still Shingo Takagi, this is like, the like this is still Kazuchika Okada, it's still Will Ospreay, Ishi Ishi still Ishi still good. Horobo Hiro- 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 can be great. You have show. You have like someone like a show. Like someone like Shotenaka on the on the horizon. People like Okan and Shota and Shoda Aminu, who's gonna who's gonna, who are gonna be bigger names. Like the tournaments are gonna always be good. G One's gonna rock. New Japan Cup's gonna rock. Best of the Super is gonna be good. Like all of that. All of that. All of that is still there. I think when maybe the like the, when the narrative uh, then comes back to like something that people can really sink their teeth into. Because right now bushi just isn't that, isn't that currently, and maybe he will be later on during the year. I feel like once the, I, I, I think that once everything kind of centers around Jay White, and like Jay White's quest to eventually, you know, to like really like accomplish what he, what he's, what he's talking about, I feel like then, like that's, that'll be like the best opportunity for New Japan to be the best company in the world again, as long as like everything else around it is still good. But I think that the main thing missing is that there isn't this kind of, like, main story, this main quest and arc to, like, fully get invested in like there was before.
1: Yeah. No, that's definitely true. And I think that a big part of that is Tanahashi. And I think that it's really easy at this point to um, to overlook him because he's felt like he's been slightly in the back seat already for a while at this point. But when you really think about it, he his... Narrative, his story, and his driving force has been such a big, like, kind of connective tissue to the entire company, feeling like really important. And yeah, like him not going not into the back that, seat. Oh, go ahead. Not
2: even just that, like, like deemphasizing Okada the, the, the way yeah. they, the way they have really for the last for the last uh for the for the last couple of years. Like, no, like, like, yeah. like that, like, like that, like that's a part of it. Like, what what did Okada do last year? Like right. Okada lost. Okada lost to Naito. And then doing didn't do anything else. Or what did Okada do in twenty eighteen? Okada, Okada just, Okada was sitting there. Had to like you know had to title reign, and then was going going and messing with balloons, going and messing with balloons, <laughs> like you know like so. It's not even just Tanahashi, which is a natural thing. We we're seeing Okada, the person that was right there with him for like for uh for four or five years, being the narrative points of the company. They've both been kind of they they've both been kind of been, been, been kind of pushed. Um, to decide in favor of finishing up certain stories which isn't the wrong thing like you ne- you needed to finish up Naito's story you need you needed to finish up Kota Ibushi's story and now there's other stories that got to get told so I feel like a lot of that is the adjustment of guys like Okada and Tanahashi they're just not the main focus right now and I think that also that's kind of like a hard pill to swallow when like those have been the guys to kind of like let us hear. So now you're kind of like, as much as, Naito, as much as Naito's moment, it was such a cool thing, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, but like, it's not, it's, not, it's not Okada, it's not Tanahashi. As much as you like, you know, Kota Ibushi and everything that's gone on with him being part, of, so, you know, him working both DDT and uh, DDT in New Japan, them working the Cruiserweight Classic, and then Tiger Mask W, and then like him, him coming in full-time to New Japan, it's like, yeah, but like, Kota Ibushi isn't like, the guy that we grew with necessarily like so I, I feel like that part of that connection is kind of kind of missing on some level
1: yeah and it does when you when we're talking about it and you mentioned like the, the people that they do have right now that i was already kind of it was already crossing my mind and thinking about like this is coda's time to shine he's the double champion he's you know at his his pinnacle of you know proving himself to be a god on, you know in the mount rushmore of wrestling all this stuff and it's like Unfortunately, it's like the 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 time as things are falling apart because Coda is a guy who I've been a huge fan of for a very long time, and I would really love to see him peaking and being pushed at the top at a time where the company was like really great and he was really feeling like the top guy. But now it feels like, unfortunately, like timing wise, he ended up being the top guy and the best guy in a in a period where the it, the company's in a downswing, and it it is kind of like, damn, like if they had only just done this earlier, like would would it be better for him to have been in the mix while New Japan was at this, like, insanely high level, or is it better for him now to be the top guy as the company's on the downswing? And I, I don't know, like, maybe maybe it is better the way that it's ending up for him, but in my head, it's just, I wish that he was in the mix as a top guy and thoroughly part of the company, like, during the the peak periods, but I guess we got what we got, you know? It's
2: gonna, be, it's gonna be, like, be, like, a weird comparison, just because, like, it's been in my head as I've been watching this show, but, like, I've been going back and like like watching like uh, I know you know I'm I don't think you're a big anime person but like I've been going back and like watching like certain like arcs, in uh in, in Naruto right and okay. like seeing like uh go back and like I'll see like YouTube comments or whatever about like certain scenes and like they'll talk about characters and say like oh they should have like this character was so underused or someone to utilize and they should have done more with this character and this and that And it's like, okay but like the show isn't about. That character, either like for like for as cool as that character might be, the design might be, their you know their like their uh their special techniques might be like there only there's only so much you can do when the show is focused on like somebody else right in their story, and I think to me like that's the thing that like New Japan is or was for a long time, and right now they're kind of sorting that out, but like New Japan was about Kazushika Okada from 2012 up until 2020 like it was about him so you look at that and there are some people and there are some other people who like infiltrated that and got their mom and and got their moments too Tanahashi AJ Styles Kenny Omega like they've come they came in and they got their moments as well but like the real the, the story New Japan was about Kazuchika Okada so I think that like yeah, as much as it would have been cool to see Ibushi do, abushi uh, uh, like you know get this moment back in like 2016 or back at some other point in time, it's like yeah, that would have been great. But the reality is is that in that point of time, New Japan was about Kazuchika Okada and like nothing about Kota Ibushi signing a full time contract would have changed that.
1: Yeah, I mean that's definitely fair. I will also point out that uh, Kenny Omega is the Gara of uh, New Japan. Um, because when he showed up, he's super cool. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was not about him. Um, but, yeah, to- I totally get where you're coming from. Because, yeah, Okada had, had, was the protagonist of New Japan for a long time there. Um, and theoretically could still be moving forward. At some point, they could easily go back to him. Because he's still, like, I don't know, is he even 30 at this point? And, uh,
2: he, he is. He's, uh like, 32 or 33. Like, right. I, 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 like... But like again, I, I like I, I think everyone's like so like uh you know Tanahashi can go can go up there in age and he's been good and he's been good as he's gotten older. I'm not sure about Okada. I'm like, Okada's been learning from Tanahashi since twenty since, like since like since he was a young lion. Like he's been paired with Tanahashi since he came back and was what, like 24 years old. Like right. trust me, like this like o, like Okada's gonna be okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean it's gonna be pretty easy to uh to see where he moves forward from here um and we'll continue to have him, him grow and develop but kind of talked about it a little bit throughout as we've gone through but you know 2021 so far has been a uh a different year when it comes to the top promotions and i do i do think that like i don't know booking wise everything wise i think that the top promotion as far as i'm concerned for effectiveness has like been aew so far i don't know like what do you think like I see people shit on the quality of the matches somewhat here and there, and maybe Kenny Omega's stuff isn't quite your taste. But I do think that like, for output and for effectiveness and for like easily watchable stuff, so far like overall AEW has been doing really well and continuing to grow.
2: Yeah, again, like AEW been like has has pretty much been consistently good since since uh, since its inception. But I feel like especially like again they've they've hit a stride. Like, like you know, I, I know I heard I know that the, the the last episode wasn't particularly great, but go in and look from like all the just the matches like if, from a match quality perspective too. If you just go look at look at January, Kenny Omega versus Phoenix, Eddie Kingston versus Pack, Darby Darby versus Brian Cage, Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy, uh, the Bullet Cl- the Bullet Club versus Dark Order Eight Man Tag. Like, they they've had some really awesome tv just rest just wrestling wise and then you go into like certain things that are making the company better like pack pack being back i think it's a big deal like he definitely like brought like some brought a different energy back to promotion um you know the intro the intrigue and where this aw impact now new japan thing is headed uh in stuff like Dar- like the Darby like the Darby sting Alliance and Darby versus team versus versus team taz there's a lot going on there's a lot going on there that to me just speaks to like aew's booking has always has always been something uh good for the most part but they've but they're telling so many different stories effectively all at all at one time you know this might not be your might, might not be your cup of tea but the MJ mjf Chris, Chris Jericho stuff is pretty yeah. effective. It's yeah, been I mean it's working. Pretty damn, yeah. It's been yeah. pretty. It's been pretty damn effective. Uh, the Young Bucks and you no, know, and and uh, all the, all the tag team matches they're having as the tag as the tag champs. The only Which thing they, missing, really,
1: they weirdly feel like they're still on the backboard. Like it's so funny because it was like, why are the Young Bucks not making themselves tag team champions or the focus of the division? And then finally, when they win the titles, they still feel like they're like third or fourth act in the background with so many other storylines going on even now that they're mm-hmm. the tag team champions like it's so funny this company that was supposed to be tag teams you know tag teams could main event and and they have and they've they have been treated pretty well so far but like yeah the young bucks still having good matches and being the tag team champions are like the third or fourth most important thing in the company because of just how many other great how much other great stuff is going on
2: yeah and then and then like Again, like, just look at all the other people that are in NAW J- no, 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 I mean, in, in that, like, are still kind of on the back burner that they could turn on any time. I talked about it before. The Lucha Bros could have been turned on at any time, and they would have been, like, knocking it out of the park. Right. Like, that goes for Penta and Phoenix. And once they let Phoenix loose... I knew that, like, you know, again, like, the entire energy of the product was going to change, and, like, wouldn't you say that, like, letting Phoenix loose, like, has, like, really, like, like almost, like, like changed the product, like, almost oh, yeah. immediately?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, instantly, and people are going, and it's, you know, it's not even, it's not for me, really, like, I won't say that I love Phoenix, but I hear the people who still, to this day, say Phoenix, secretly, sneaky, the number one best baby face in the world, so, Phoenix, oh my god, secretly, you see the nutty shit sec- that he does. Yeah, yeah it's like,
2: Phoenix Phoenix secretly is the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah,
1: people fucking love him. Like, he's not, like I said, not 100% for me, but I appreciate what he does. But it's not a crazy thing. It's not like one or two insane people who say this. You hear multiple people say, like, this guy's actually the best babyface in the world. This guy's actually the best high flyer. This guy does the best spots. This guy's the coolest wrestler. Yeah, like, him, letting him go, letting him be a focus, even as, like... The spot guy in a main event trios match or whatever, like it definitely makes a fucking difference because nobody else has a phoenix. I'm sorry, but there's no other wrestler that is phoenix and like yeah. So so it's definitely a thing to like point out and like be a focus of your company.
2: Yeah, like you know, like again, like wait till we get like like certain stuff back with Orange Cassidy, like John Silver. Uh, John silver on the back burner yeah. hangman Page who's been, who's been who's been a focus and has gotten pushed like hangman page and head story still going still going on in the background and Darby even though he's the TNT champ like would not they really really let Darby loose and like he's missing it mixing it up with the top guys on a on a on a consistent basis like there is still so much going on in aew that hasn't they haven't even like scratched the surface of to some extent like when we get like the big, like when we get the big John Moxley Kenny Omega Kenny Omega Kenny Omega stuff, we haven't even seen the level that they can probably that they can probably hit. So yeah. to me, it's like, for as hit or miss as it is, and, and and it's gonna be hit or miss just doing just doing weekly television. But I feel like right now AEW, unless they just like monumentally screw things up, like you're looking at a company that's poised for a really 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 good 2021.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge what the potential is. And you've got, you know, Tony Khan obviously clearly at the helm now. He's he's actually really focused. He's hitting a really awesome stride as a booker. But he's also obviously taking input from a lot of other, you know, smart wrestling minds. And you've got, yeah, I mean, their roster depth is insane when you talk about, like, they've got... Obviously, they have too many people signed, whatever. Like, that's, that's for sure. But... I mean, even with that, you compare it to something like WWE or New Japan or any other promotion, really, that has, like, their own roster, and I think even for star power, for quality, for everything, if, if I'm, you know, choosing a roster, I'm going with AEW's roster probably nine times out of ten. Like, they've got the most mix of everything that you could be looking for, quality in-ring, quality of characters, all of it, like... You take the good with the bad. You've got Chris Jericho, whatever. But like you said, I mean, the MJF Chris Jericho thing is like probably one of the best uses you could do with him right now because and,
2: and Chris and Chris Jericho's he emphasized. Like if yeah. you like if you're complaining if you're complaining about Chris Jericho right now in 2021, then like, sure, you don't like you don't you just don't like Chris Jericho, but like That's there's fine. no reason there's no reason to complain about him right now.
1: Yeah. I get not liking him on a lot of different levels. I get him yes. not liking him in ring, I get not liking him outside of the ring. I get not liking him on the mic. I get a lot of different reasons why I not like Chris Jericho, honestly. Even on commentary, I feel like he's pretty bad. But, like, in the role that he's in, where clearly the focus of him right now is is he's putting over MJF and he's going to make MJF. Because I think that some people think that, like, the plan would be that MJF, like, gets turned babyface on Chris. No, like, Chris Jericho is making MJF into a bigger heel
2: that's what yeah. you want you
1: want
2: Jericho, MJF Jericho, yeah Jericho's Jericho's if you can if you just watch the whole thing like Jericho is the one that's kind of kind of kind of coming across sympathetic because he has his whole group falling apart and he's trying his best to keep this thing together but he can't see that MJF is fucking ruining it yeah
1: so when you come out of this, you're going to end up with MJF being an even better, bigger heel than he had, than he came into it with, and that's Chris Jericho giving away what, like what little credibility he has left, which is like being dislikable, because if you try to run a babyface Chris Jericho... In any other context than against MJF, it's not going to work.
2: But I think... Also, I I think also there, like I I mentioned guys that have, like, you know, that when they flip the switch on them, they're going to be, like, really huge. Like, they're going to be huge. Like, Sammy Guevara. Like, 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 look look, look at Sammy. We've been high on Sammy for a long time. We've seen the potential of Sammy for a long time. Sammy has been completely on the back burner in AEW since its inception. But if you look at him, he's always been positioned as, like, Jericho's, like right-hand man Jericho's like you know like protege like his, like his, like, the, like the little brother for Chris Jericho he's been positioned as that from the for the entire time now when you cut Sammy loose like you did it like you did in that inner circle three three-way tag team match you see the Sammy you see the Sammy Guevara that we've been talking about the whole time so again like add Sammy to the list of guys that when they give him a when they give him the ball when they give him a chance to go do something you guaranteed Sammy Guevara's gonna do everything in his power to like to, to run with that
1: yeah, yeah, and when you were saying that, I almost for a second thought you were going to say Wardlow, who's another guy that when you yeah. turn him loose, when you when you actually turn the heat on, um, you could end up with something there because he's got it too. They've got so they they're really their only problem is they don't have enough TV time, honestly.
2: Ricky Ricky Starks. Yeah,
1: fuck, god damn it, I didn't even think about Ricky Stark. And that actually brings me back to the point that I've been wanting to say for a minute, but I've been saving it until it made sense. Ricky Starks. Member of Team Taz, and that it's so fucking cool to see that they are doing like an updated version. And it's so funny because, um, David Meltzer, uh, from Wrestling Observer, if anyone doesn't know, he's been want lately to like reference old angles and compare them to current angles in a way that's like unflattering. So, he called like the Kenny Omega and Don Callis thing like uh, a modern version of Heenan Bachwinkle, which just makes the Kenny Omega Don Callis thing look even worse in comparison, right? Just recently, I heard him talking about um, clearly that they're, where they're going to go with Lee Johnson is that uh, he kind of shunned uh, QT Marshall by not mentioning him in his like really happy accept- acceptance speech about getting a aEW contract, and he said that's a, that's going to be connected to um, to like Bruno Zabisco. And it's like, goddamn, like, there's no way that that feud's going to end up as good as Bruno Sibisco. Like, Bruno versus Sabisco is a legendary all-time, like, feud angle, whatever. Like, yeah. you're not doing it any service by comparing that. But one thing that he didn't notice and hasn't compared, which is that the Darby versus Team Taz feud is the inverse of Hulk Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom. Darby is the spooky gothic, but and he's going up against the jocks and bullies. And it's like this weird feud where one guy is feuding against an entire stable and he's the champion, but it works so fucking well. And it is like, it's such a cool thing to see because we've, me and you have both talked about Darby being a guy who could, like, be, has major star power and could be something. And clearly they see it because he's not only has the championship, but he is the focus in the way that he's like, he's feuding with an entire stable of people. He's not yeah. like just feuding against one person. Like, it is the old school Hulk Hogan like playbook where you get Hulk Dar- Hogan and, and he feuds against and Dar- a manager.
2: Go ahead. And and Dar- and and like, again, like Darby is the one that gets the fucking like gets the rub from be- from being with Sting. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's he's with Sting. He's getting the rub from the legend. He's feuding with the manager in the stable because he's the focus. He's the guy that this entire group is going up against but yeah like i thought about that and i was just like oh my god it, it makes so much sense because in 2020 like the the jocks are lame and the the gothic guy the yeah. like weird gothic occult guy is cool so it is like the dungeon of doom is the good guys and and hulk hogan is the bad guys but it's darby is the he's the spooky the spooky gothic guy um but uh but yeah i mean aw uh looking forward to what's going on it's weird because it does kind of feel like the Kenny Omega stuff while I'm interested is kind of like um I don't know maybe the the thing that's getting shit on a lot by a lot of people um just Kenny Omega specifically but there is a lot of intrigue with the stuff that's going on there so it's just it's it's interesting to see the top of the card kind of being like where people are maybe not as uh not as into it at least critically, I don't know about fans. Like, I, I I think the ratings are still doing pretty good.
2: Oh 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 yeah oh yeah of course. Um, so like, move on from AEW and like get to some get to some other stuff. Yeah. Um, I, when I when I look when I look at what I've been looking at so far this year, uh, I'm not sure if you've caught this, but I think the most like the like the best under the radar match I've seen so far this year. Uh, Is Keisuke Ishii versus Akudo Hadaka. Yes. From Ganbari Ganbari Pro. I was going to bring this up. I was going to bring this up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That match kicked ass. Hadaka, I cannot believe how good Hadaka still is.
2: He Um, is incredible. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This guy, I mean, fuck, he's been wrestling for so long and that match was phenomenal. Ishii is still great. But yeah, go ahead. Continue.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, obviously, like like you know, Gone By Pro and like the other like uh, DDT DDT sub companies usually go under the radar. But you know, if you look at you know like the stuff that they stuff that you, they usually give KSK Ishii to do, like you know, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, come come December, come the end of the year, that like KSK Ishii could be a guy that could like surprise people and like and like, and like make a top fifty list. Yeah, because like Gone By Pro does run enough shows, and KSK Ishii is. Gonna go out there and have good matches. Like, I didn't like this match um, as much as uh, Isaac from Puro from and the Rough did, who get who did his like, January Puro Roundup. But even like Kiske versus in in a uh, in, in Shu Sakurai versus Daisuke Kanahara and Kuki Iwasaki, like that's still that's still a very fun match too. So I think Keisuke Ishii coming out of January was my guy to watch as, in terms of like people to look out for come like you know wrestler wrestler of the year list.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely a guy to, to keep an eye on, and as you talked about it, and talking about Isaac and his uh, pure on the rough, round like roundups, like I, I didn't think of it, and I really should have to uh, to pull up January's, and I didn't even, I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't realize he was even still doing it, but if it's out there, I would highly recommend that people take the time to, to look at his roundup lists because historically they've always been great. Like he does a really good job. He watches everything, and uh, his opinions are are pretty solid. He. I will say maybe he's a little bit of a light grader and maybe he does kind of go a little bit over the top for some things, but you know, just expect, (laughs) expect that things aren't going to be quite as good as he says, especially the smaller show stuff.
2: Yeah. And like, again, like, again, like even like more than likely you're going to see something that you would, that would have like never been on your radar, radar before.
1: That's the thing. It's really worthwhile because you'll get exposed to stuff that you wouldn't see and yeah just go in don't like go in if he's like heaping insane praise that like you expect it to be as good as he's saying necessarily but you'll definitely see some stuff that's good and sometimes he's spot on and he and he picks stuff out that's like phenomenal and it is phenomenal like he says it's great and it is great but sometimes he goes a little overboard that's fine he has a he has a taste especially for small room japanese wrestling that maybe not everybody does and that's fine you know but definitely a worthwhile person to check out but talking about the DDT kind of extended universe another guy to watch who's been amazing not just January but like leading into the new year so like november december um especially november into january as a guy to keep your eye on for 2021 yuki wino i mean we talked we've talked okay. about him but holy shit has he had a big january like mm-hmm. i mean ev- everything I, i'll just say everything he hasn't had a bad performance like so far this year i've seen pretty much everything except for like i think the most recent match that he's had actually yeah i haven't seen the most recent tag team match he had here on the second chris brooks produce show everything else he's had this year worth watching but some standout performances like the title match against shota the tag team match against eruption um Actually, both tag team matches against Eruption with different partners.
2: Like, yeah, yeah. the one, the one, the one on the twenty eighth with Takashita. Yeah, like H- Ueno and Sakaguchi, like was like fireworks. That, like, I- I'm pretty sure they were booked for a singles match against each other, like, at some point. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's happened yet. But that, like, ending with those two was just like, like, magic. I like. I I want. I want to see more of that.
1: Yes. And, I mean, obviously, they, they've they interacted with each other, like, in the tag team title match where Eruption won the tag team titles. But, yeah, like, those two have – they definitely have chemistry with each other. That's for sure. So, worth checking out. I hope that they get a title match. The uh, Yusuke Akata match for uh singles match with Ueno was phenomenal as well. So, yeah, this guy, he's another one that's, like, an on the watch list because don't be shocked. Do not be shocked if you see – Ueno ending up really high, like I said, on a top 50 list at the end of the year. Because this guy, he is having... He's poised to have a great year. He's in a company that has extended universe on top of the company itself. Had a great year last year. And seems to be, like, moving forward, going to continue to have a great year. He's focused, and he's going to be given the opportunities. And he's going to excel in those opportunities. Because, I mean, DDT gave a ton of opportunities, like, last year to... Um, Oh, Jesus Christ. Why can't I think of... Why can't I think of the champion's name? DDT's champion. I can't... Uh, uh, the the op- op- open Tetsu- way? Tetsuya...
2: Yeah. Endo.
1: Endo, yeah. I was, like, having trouble remembering Endo for some reason. Damn. Um, I am getting old. Um, But, like, Endo was giving the chances last year and just didn't kind of meet to the, the opportunities he was given. Ueno is showing that he's going to excel in every opportunity he gives, because a lot of these matches that he's had so far have been, like, throwaway tag team matches. Like, realistically, he is not meant to be working this hard. He was one of the stars of the Shuffle Tag tournament, which, you know, was December of last year. Like, I mean, he was clearly, when I came out of that tournament, like, out of the Shuffle Tag tournament, which I don't know if you ended up watching it, but the way that I looked at it at the end of it it was like, okay, Hiroshima and Okabayashi are an amazing tag team, and I think that they're actually booked as a tag team again or either it's already happened or it's going to happen which is phenomenal I hope that that tag team continues to exist and the other thing that I came out of it was clearly the point of this tournament was also to make sure that UNO came out of it looking like a star either like that was meant to be like the focus or it like he just like busted his ass to make sure that he was a focus because like he ended up in the finals but at the end of the night he came across like the best wrestler singular wrestler in the tournament so he's poised to break out huge in 2021 and like have a career year. So definitely pay attention to that. Um
2: um so and I guess like I guess like one one more thing uh before we, before we get out of here I guess is um Dragon Gate. Yeah, like, I was I actually wanted we, we,
1: to bring up Dragon Gate um but I was going to say Abe, I don't know how much Abe you've watched so far this year, but he's
2: also been phenomenal. I, I haven't gotten a chance to go look into the astronauts' tags, but I did. Obviously, I've seen uh, Abe versus Iwamoto from yeah. the twenty fourth. Okay. Obviously, fucking like really, really, really awesome. So if you want to get into, get into Abe there, just a little um, bit, yeah. Just just yeah. to
1: say that he's having a great year so far. Phenomenal January. Um, so yeah, just another guy to keep on your radar for someone to watch. But then yeah, the last thing I wanted to talk about was we've talked about like yeah we talked about New Japan. Coming down, we've talked about AEW really kind of peaking, but then the real for especially for people like me and you who really enjoy this is the rookies who are coming into their own in Dragon Gate because that's what Dragon Gate's 2021 is looking like it's all about. I mean, it was a little bit in 2020, but 2021 is really feeling like this is the year of the rookie because they are they have some of the best, like rookies young lions brand new wrestlers going and they are more than willing to push them
2: Mm, this is what we've wanted from dragon gate for a long time that they didn't give the t-hawk big r shimizu eta uti yosuke santa maria like just didn't give that class and you can like argue about the talent and everything This really started started with benkei's reign but you know in the last few years, seeing what they've done with Ben Kay, Shun, S.B. Kento with Hip Hop Kakuta, uh, even now, even now Kaito Ishida, like this is finally a company that is saying, okay, we're ready to move on now, and they've knocked the, out of the park. Masquerade is the best as far as like as far as like in the ring. Masquerade is probably the best Dragon Gate stable in like since Monster Express. Yeah, like. Like when you when you look at how this unit is composed—Jason Lee, Kota Minoru, uh, Shun, Shun Skywalker, La Estrella—like this is such a phenomenal unit. It's a perfect fucking unit for how for like everything that Shun Skywalker is. So every masquerade like six man, eight man tag is worth watching. It's like I haven't felt the way about about a unit in Dragon Gate since Monster since Monster Express. And then you have, and then you have other stuff that's going on, like the Dragon Kid versus Yamato match from uh, from the 13th was really was really really good. The KZ KZ, KZ versus UT. Um, you go you go when you have the uh, the one night t- the one day tag tournament, and you had and you had good stuff like red like red versus Matt like red versus Masquerade on both the shows. Dragon Kid, Dragon Kid and Yamato versus Don Fuji versus Don Fuji and UT. And again, it's the it's the way in which all The young guys have been pushed forward, like Kaito Ishida on both shows on the 31st, getting, getting to getting picking up the victories for his team and then being the one that challenges Shun at the sh- challenges Shun after that. Like, we're getting a Shun Skywalker versus Kaito Ishida title match. That's perfect. That is exactly what they should be doing. You have Hip Hop Kakuda in SB Kanto. Looking, looking phenomenal. You can argue who's better or whatever you want to say, but both of these guys are looking credible. And yeah, you still have the, you still have the, you still, you still the relics holding around, still have the older guys holding around, holding on. But people, but people like Dragon Kid and Yamato, they are clear. Like they, they, have their own. When they have their own shit going on, it's clear. It's about the company is about these young guys. The company is about Shu Skywalker. In his in in his unit, the the company is about Sb Kanto and Kakuda eventually get eventually getting to their where they need to go. It's about Kaito Ishida stepping in and feeling and feeling like almost like the best guy in red. It's about even Benkei and Shuji Kondo like Ben like Benkei you know after 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 losing the Dreamgate and everything he's now got he's not he's now moved down in this Kondo thing. You know it's not I wouldn't say it's like a great tag team but it's like it's working for him. So. It feels good to see Dragon Gate in a place where it feels good to invest again because for a while it felt like what was the point of investing in Dragon Gate where they yeah. just kept going back and going back to the same shit. And as much as you love the Yamatos and the Moshizukis and the Dois and Yoshinos and Yokosukas like, as much, as great as they all are, what Dragon Gate needed is to step outside of that bubble and create their new stars already. And it happened last year with that, you know, with the big tag where S.B. Kento and Kakuta uh, got all the eliminations and looked and looked like fucking world beaters and 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 all that stuff. It started when Shoe and when Shoe Skywalker came back and, and and won the dream and won the Dream But now it feels like a good time to come back and be a Dragon Gate fan again. And if this is like the like the best. It's a good feeling after feeling like the last like like before before uh, the end of twenty twenty before the end of twenty twenty, where I felt like being a Dragon Gate fan like, you know, beyond like it kind of felt like it got pointless because it felt like they were never gonna move on.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's it is definitely like you talked about it. You still got that base there because that's the thing about Dragon Gate is that they've got like all of these veterans who can still fucking go and that's why it's really yeah. tough to move on from them. So you've still got most of them there. Plus you've got like the Toriumon influence where you've got like, you know, obviously Ultima Dragon, but you've got like the full kind of Toriumon influence back. And so you've got like this generation's history of veterans, like multiple generations. But to see a company that is so clearly focused on making the rookies feel important and feel like stars is not just like like you said like something that feels worthwhile to invest in but it's also like kind of in some ways like a little bit thrilling you know it's exciting to see it's it's what's going to happen and, and we do have to accept that sometimes like things aren't going to be the best but realistically like uh, there's not a, a ton of like terrible stuff or or things that really like uh, that don't like say like intrigue but there's not a lot of stuff that like shits the bed really like they do a really good job of like the way dragon gate booking is is they they kind of for like you know lack of a better term like they idiot proof stuff like they make sure that like no one is ever in a position to look bad that is one thing that dragon gate has always been very good at is making sure that like people are protected and you rarely see people who get booked in a position where they like end up having really shitty matches they've got the big they're known for their like big multi-man like tag team structures but they like the structures are done the reason why they work is because the the multi-man tags with like a lot of people in their trios you know like multi-trio team tag team matches like everything is so structured that it's really hard for people to look bad because all they have to do is like kind of hit their spots and be in the right position for their their spots and that's all they have to do and like the stuff comes across fucking insane but they also like have like really good training and instincts and they also get lucky. (laughs) Like you talked about masquerade, like masquerade is such a weird thing because like Shun Skywalker is a guy that I think me and you have been high on for a long time. But up until this point, they just never really like gave him the big shot. But then masquerade has just hit and it feels like, like you could almost see like when you finally take a guy like that and focus on him and give him that big place. And you even give him that big place with a team of people that are like, maybe not the most familiar and are, are like young the, like a lot of like really young wrestlers don't have a ton of experience, but,
2: but but like but like but like the perfect group of people to put around him though, right? Like looking at what Shoe Skywalker is, and this being his unit, it's the perfect group of guys to have around him. Like and it Jason clicks. Lee, Coda Minora, and La Estrella is fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah,
1: it just all clicks together, and it's created this really awesome nebula, like the nebulous, the nucle- nucleus, not nebulous, the nucleus for the company that is now built around like future stars and like and building like the next generation and you've got this the main focus is masquerade where finally shun fine it's so fucking weird because it's like one of the rare times where it feels like you're actually as a fan for myself at least a fan getting what you've been begging for and like it's actually coming like the way that you would want it like <laughs> Kenny Omega being the champion like twice it's happened now and both times it just felt like it was not what I had always hoped for I think the only the, the realistically the only time Kenny Omega has been a champion and I felt like it was like perfect was, was like the PWG title run where he had the title for like one match like otherwise like when he got the IWGP title it just I don't know it just didn't feel right he had some good matches and then like now he's got the AEW title and it feels like this weird heel thing like Shun getting the championship and then getting a stable built completely around him where he feels like the focus and the stable is the focus of the entire company. And I've been wanting Shun to be pushed for like forever, (laughs) you know? And I thought when Ben K got the title, that was it. Shun was never going to get this spot and now he has it. And now he's the top guy in a company with a bunch of guys who feel like they can work with him perfectly. So on top of his stable being awesome you've got other wrestlers underneath for him to work with that are going to be awesome so hopefully this is a long title run and dragon gate has like a a really great year because it doesn't feel like old dragon gate at all but that's kind of the best part about it like Mm -hmm. i feel like this is the first time in god i want to say like a decade but possibly even longer than that like 15 years or something like this is the first time That it feels like Dragon Gate is really... Like, you could just start watching Dragon Gate right now. And there isn't, like, a ton of background that you need to know. And you can just appreciate it like this, and that's, like, enough. And Dragon Gate, like, while that's been good, and it's been, like... um, It's been, like, really... I don't know, like, rewarding to watch Dragon Gate, knowing that there's, like, so much, like background and and they make references to things that pay off and, and a lot of stuff to enjoy. It's also made it feel a little bit stale because it just feels like everything is a reference to something that happened 10 years ago. It feels like now you can watch Dragon Gate and everything feels like it's 100% current and you're not watching like a shadow promotion where everything is a reference to something from 10 years ago. Which yeah, is like, feel, kind of like in some way, it's really good.
2: Yeah. yeah, It feels like they're making a new history to reference. Yes, exactly. Like, so now it's like okay yeah you still have hulk and doi and yoshino and and mochizuki and dragon kid and genki and susamo but like now it feels like finally we're creating a new history so again that's why it's perfect to jump in right now like there's been good places to jump in before obviously it was like right now this is like the like the cleanest slate the freshest slate that dragon gate has had in so long
1: yeah it does it does feel like the first time that you can watch something and yeah it's like the first time that it's they're not they're making new history for the first time in like 10 years dude like this is the time to (laughs) get into dragon gate right now if if you've always stepped stayed away because you felt like you were like couldn't get it or there's too much going on now is the time where like you can you know get in on the bottom floor so yeah um well quentin anything else you want to hit before we Head out. Do you want to really dive deep into some NXT? Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, look. Finn Balor, Finn Balor is really good as NXT champion, and I think that him and Pete Dunne could probably have a really good match. Um, I, I think by now I'm just ready to say I, tr- I trust Finn. Uh, that, that's all I got.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely worthwhile to check out for some of the Finn stuff. Um, otherwise, there's not a ton that's worth watching there. Um, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I've thought it before. But I would like to uh, maybe work a little bit harder to get some Joshi stuff in the conversation, especially on the podcast here within the next year. Um, right. So maybe we can work on that a little bit more between us because there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Um, especially we didn't talk about it when we talked about AEW, but we have got the AEW Women's Tournament going on. That half of the half of the bracket is happening in japan with all joshi workers so i mean i think 2021 might be the year of the joshi there's definitely some interesting if, stuff uh, going on
2: if i have my say there like i'd probably prefer it to be uh seedling if we if we, if we do yeah. anything just because i am still very upset at the treatment of momo Mom- at the hands of stardom so <laughs> like, yes. and i'm fine so, like, with yeah, but if, 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 any, if anything, I think it'll probably be some seedling.
1: Yeah, because you got Arisa as well, and uh, yeah. So there's definitely a lot of good stuff to watch in Seedling, um, and you know maybe we could get maybe we could get into some other stuff there too. But either way, um, I don't I don't know. Go go versus uh, Mudo is coming up. No, no, us, I know how excited us, you are for that. Um, God, long live the great Muda. Uh, otherwise, I'm, so fucking, yeah. I'm so fucking mad about this. <laughs> it's coming, man. Just accept it. So, I, um,
2: I, just, I, just, I just hope it doesn't. But
1: <laughs> at least we can just say Harada is good. <laughs> like, Harada has been good this year. Um, not shocking. Like,
2: like, He's been my, good for like, a long like, time. Why, like, why would you... <sighs> Maybe Go wins the title back afterwards, but it's like what's what would be the fucking what would be the fucking point, man? Like like, like you finally do something that like gets you some critical acclaim, gets Go most outstanding wrestler, whatever the fuck he won in, in the in, in, in the Tokyo Sports Award. And like this is what you this is what you fucking do with it. And what it up? doesn't
1: I mean, there's no way he doesn't win, right? I mean oh I've like God. I've tried to talk myself into the idea that he's going to lose, but I don't think that you bring it Muto in to lose. Why would why why would he do it? Why would you bring him in? Why there's no reason that he loses. Like you just don't. It doesn't make any sense. You know, for for them to have done all this for him to lose. So, as much as I want to believe that it's not gonna happen, it's gonna happen. I have to just uh, accept it.
2: Yeah, that that just sucks, man. Like 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 Go has this like. Incredible title reign, that, like is probably gonna go down as one of like the best like modern Japanese title reigns the last of the last few years, and this is how this is how it's gonna end? Like it's just it's just yep. that just that just, su- that just sucks.
1: <laughs> it does suck. We were ta- we talked about it because we talked about uh, the Nakajima match and the Segura match and just how it felt like there was nowhere left to go, or at least I said that it felt like there was nowhere yeah. left to left for the for the rain, but. Uh, I guess this is where you go. this is where you end up. Um, either way, Quentin, I, uh, I guess I, I was able to bring us onto a down note before we were before we head out of here. Um, so I don't know <laughs> if there's anything else uh, you want to say before we head out.
2: Uh, no that just completely just ruined this entire episode. Uh, thank you yes. all for listening. It'll be your next time.
3: We were young and out of control. I haven't seen you since I was about mm, 16 years old. But then you called me up the other day. I was shocked, oh, what did I say? And your voice exactly the same. And it makes me feel, makes me feel. Oh, just like you never said goodbye when you spoke to me right.